0: chapter 45 of the history of burke and hare and the resurrectionist times this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by william jones bonita springs florida the history of burke and hare by george mcgregor chapter 45 Appendix, an interview with Burke in prison. The following appeared in the Caledonian Mercury early in the month of January 1829. The information from which the following article is drawn up, we have received from a most respectable quarter, and its perfect correctness in all respects may be confidently relied on in truth it is as nearly as possible a strict report rather than the substance of what passed at an interview with burke in the course of which the unhappy man appears to have opened his mind without reserve and to have given a distinct and explicit answer to every question which was put to him relative to his connection with the late murders after some conversation of a religious nature in the course of which Burke stated that, while in Ireland, his mind was under the influence of religious impressions, and that he was accustomed to read his catechism and prayer-book, and to attend to his duties. He was asked, How comes it, then, that you, who by your own account were once under the influence of religious impressions, ever formed the idea of such dreadful atrocities, of such cold-blooded systematic murders as you admit you have been engaged in how came such a conception to enter your mind to this burke replied that he did not exactly know but that becoming addicted to drink living in open adultery and associating continually with the most abandoned characters he gradually became hardened and desperate gave up attending chapel or any other place of religious worship shunned the face of the priest, and being constantly familiar with every species of wickedness, he at length grew indifferent as to what he did, and was ready to commit any crime. He was then asked how long had he been engaged in this murderous traffic, to which he answered, from Christmas 1827 till the murder of the woman Docherty in October last. How many persons have you murdered, or been concerned in murdering, during that time? Were they thirty in all? Oh, not so many, not so many, I assure you. How many? He answered the question, but the answer was, for a reason perfectly satisfactory, not communicated to us, and reserved for a different quarter. Had you any accomplices? None but Hare. We always took care when we were going to commit a murder that no one else should be present, that no one could swear that he saw the deed done. The women might suspect what we were about, but we always put them out of the way when we were going to do it. They never saw us commit any of the murders. One of the murders was then in Brogan's house while he was out, but before he returned the thing was finished and the body put in a box. Brogan evidently suspected something, for he appeared much agitated, and entreated us to take away the box, which we accordingly did, but he was not in any way concerned in it. You have already told me that you were engaged in these atrocities from Christmas 1827 till the end of October 1828. Were you associated with Hare during all this time? yes we began with selling to dr x the body of a woman who had died a natural death in hare's house we got ten pounds for it after this we began the murders and all the rest of the bodies that we sold to him were murdered in what place were these murders generally committed they were mostly committed in hare's house which was very convenient for the purpose As it consisted of a room and a kitchen. Daft Jamie was murdered there. The story told of this murder is incorrect. Hare began the struggle with him, and they fell and rolled together on the floor. Then I went to Hare's assistance, and we at length finished him, though with much difficulty. I committed one murder in the country by myself. It was in Last Harvest. All the rest were done in conjunction with Hare by what means were these fearful atrocities perpetrated by suffocation we made the persons drunk then we suffocated them by holding the nostrils and mouth and getting on the body sometimes i held the mouth and nose while hare went upon the body and sometimes hare held the mouth and nose while i placed myself on the body hare has perjured himself by what he said at the trial about the murder of docherty he did not sit by while i did it as he says he was on the body assisting me with all his might while i held the nostrils and mouth with one hand choked her under the throat with the other we sometimes used a pillow but not in this case now burke answer me this question were you tutored and instructed or did you receive hints from anyone as to the mode of committing murder? No, except from Hare. We often spoke about it, and we agreed that suffocation was the best way. Hare said so, and I agreed with him. We generally did it by suffocation. Did you receive any encouragement to commit or persevere in committing these atrocities? Yes we were frequently told by patterson that he would take as many bodies as we could get for him and when he got one he always told us to get more there was commonly another person with him of the name of blank they generally pressed us to get more bodies for them to whom were the bodies so murdered sold to dr x we took the bodies to his rooms in blank blank and then went to his house to receive money for them. Sometimes he paid us himself. Sometimes we were paid by his assistants. No questions were ever asked as to the mode in which we had come by the bodies. We had nothing to do but to leave the body at the rooms and go and get money. Did you ever, upon any occasion, sell a body or bodies to any other lecturer in this place? Never. We knew no other. You have been a resurrectionist, as it is called, I understand? No, neither Hare nor myself ever got a body from a churchyard. All we sold were murdered, save the first one, which was that of the woman who died a natural death in Hare's house. We began with that. Our crimes then commenced. The victims we selected were generally elderly persons. They could be more easily disposed of than persons in the vigor of health. Such are the disclosures which this wretched man has made under circumstances which can scarcely fail to give them weight with the public. Before a question were put to him concerning the crimes he had been engaged in, he was solemnly reminded of the duty incumbent upon him, situated as he is to banish from his mind every feeling of animosity toward Hare, on account of the evidence which the latter gave at the trial. He was told that a dying man, covered with guilt and without hope, except in the infinite mercy of Almighty God, through our blessed Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, he who stood so much in need of forgiveness, must prepare himself to seek it by forgiving from his heart all who had done him wrong, and he was emphatically adjured to speak the truth, and nothing but the truth, without any attempt either to palliate his own iniquities, or to implicate hare more deeply than facts warranted. Thus admonished, and thus warned, he answered the several interrogations in the terms above stated, declaring at the same time, upon the word of a dying man, that everything he had said was true, and that he had in no respect exaggerated or extenuated anything, either from a desire to inculpate Hare or to spare any one else. End of chapter 45. An Interview with Burke in Prison.